What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio. I'm Jim, joined as always by the usual suspects that compile for the episode. If you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Spreaker. Let's also shout out the affiliate sites, fullpresscoverage.com and bellyupsports.com. While you're listening to the episode, check out hwhockey.net. Mr. Dave Leonard put out another uh, daily fantasy hockey article. Go check it out. Read the article. Watch the games. Win money. It's that simple. Speaking of, real quick, boys, winning money. You can win money with my book. From all the biggest games to the smallest events, make sure every bet is worth your while with my bookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with my bookie's first deposit bonus. Double your money before you even place a bet. All you have to do is sign up and deposit using our exclusive promo code High and Wide. That's High and Wide spelled out at my bookie. Uh, there's some great games, great po- uh, prop bets to take advantage of this week. Uh, point you in the right direction for your first wager this Sunday. Guys, I know you're in the football. Two powerhouse offenses meet in Kansas City Chiefs take on the Dallas Cowboys. The boys, the Cowboys have been a I'm sorry, this read says to say them boys. I'm not saying them boys. The Cowboys have been on a tear this season while the Chiefs continue to struggle. Actually, they're not really struggling, so it's not true. Uh, this says take the Cowboys to cover the spread so you can walk away with the bread at my bookie. Don't wait any, any longer. Head to my bookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can get in the game and start winning big today. It's promo code high and wide spelled out to receive double your first deposit instantly into your account. No hassle, no wait. Um, speaking of hassle, boys, Flyers, rough, rough week last week. Did not go as planned. No. None of us called that. No, we did not. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, it's going to be, let's just get the frustration out of the way and maybe we can somehow turn this episode a little bit more positive. I don't know how let's get the, the big elephant out of the room first. Ryan Ellis. Whatever he's got going on, it's it's hurt again. It's re-injured, if it ever healed in the first place. Uh, he's now considered week to week. And, hey, it's, it's a huge blow, obviously, but the Flyers have been able to kind of keep their heads above water without him. Uh, enter Nick Sealer, and, and I want to know what you guys uh, are thinking. We'll start with Jack first. No, it's a, it's a, it's a low blow. <laughs> it really sucks. Like, he just got him back. As the game progressed, his minutes increased because they said they were going to ease him in third pairing, and his minutes shot right up there. You know how good he is. Even coming back off injury, he still looked pretty strong. Obviously not perfect, but strong. And now he's not only is he already out, it's week to week. It's like uh, your worst fears from when we acquired him, the thing that you kind of wave off like, oh, he's injury prone. Hey, it won't be that bad. It's already pretty bad. You know, like this is early season He's a huge piece moving forward for this team, not having some snooze fest performances. And um, we've seen without him a couple already. And yeah, it's just a major blow. And I really hope this isn't going to be a thing all season. Kyle, you want to follow up there? Yeah. I mean, it explains a little bit more on how we only had to give up Myers and uh, Patrick for the guy. Apparently (laughs) Nashville knew a little something. (laughs) Yeah. Injury prints. One thing like 
anybody's going to get injured in this physical sport, you know, but to be out missing significant time already, knowing I have six more years of hopefully not this. See, it leaves a really bad taste in your mouth, don't it, boys? I just want to know what it is. Like, what do you actually have going on? Like, why Why is this being hit? It must be something like, I don't know. Did they say if it was a shoulder thing or not? Like, they never no. even, they didn't even. It's like... lower body. Okay, yeah. I, mean, it, it, it's, I don't know if it, I don't know if this is true because I kind of seen it on Twitter be thrown out there a couple times by not anybody in particular that I trust. But I heard something about maybe a groin injury. Okay. Which would make sense for reaggravation. Sure. Yeah. So I heard the same thing and, um, or I read the same thing and it is the number one reaggravated, got to come back at the right time. Otherwise, you're just aggravated again. And it is an absolute bitch to come back to simply because you don't know how much time you need, how far you can press it and have it not get agitated again. Like it's, it's really, it's going to be a real bitch. Like I hate, I hate this. It's a, it's terrible. Have you guys ever uh, pulled a groin or torn a groin before? Personal question. Not fun. Okay. Not fun. How long ago was that? Three, four years ago. Okay. And there was like four weeks of not playing hockey. Yeah. And it's like, what was he? How much time did he miss before? He missed like, what, eight games, was it? Did he miss over eight? So that's like a good, let's say, two, three weeks worth of games. Um, maybe he's got to be out another month. All of a sudden that, you know, two to three weeks turns into almost two months worth of games. Um, you know, we could be looking at, you know, maybe he returns mid-December, you know, can the Sorry, Flyers stay, can they stay above water with Nick I was Steeler? Say, not if they don't start scoring. They're not playing anybody coming up. They'll be fine. Yeah. There's nobody on the docket, you know, who's really any good. Not if they don't start scoring. You can win games without Ryan Ellis, but not at the pace that we're scoring at this point. I mean, I don't. When was the last game we had over three goals? Uh, you'd have to go back. That's a good question. Over three <laughs> Let me goals. Look that up real quick. Yeah, Vancouver maybe or no Oilers rather. That's my guess. I think that's right. Yeah, the Oilers. That's a ways ago. They need to get out of that funk quick. And I don't know what's going on with the offense, but it appears to have dried up. Well, let's I mean, talk about the offense a little bit. Like, where did it, where did it go? Like, it, it was – did – so, Jack, you mentioned the last time the Flyers scored over three goals, and really over two if you, if you discount the empty netter against Arizona on November 2nd. The last time the Flyers scored over three goals was October 27th. Um. So really, they've been in this slump since longer. Halloween. Well, it's it's a longer stretch of this than it was, you know, scoring six five goals a game, which you know they only did three times. Uh, the first five games of the year, they scored four or more goals in four of those games. Um, you have the shootout loss to Vancouver, the six one win against Seattle, the six three win against Boston, two to four loss against Florida, and then the the five three win over Edmonton. And since then. The offense has been broken, and what changed? Been uh, they've been shut out twice in that span. Uh, the team that they did, a couple of teams they did beat were Arizona, who's worse in the league. Um, 
Pittsburgh had nobody. They managed to get a point out of that game, which should have been, if anything, it should have been the other way around. But no, they somehow look good against Washington in a low-scoring affair. A lot of that was uh, Martin Jones, especially in the third period. Uh, they seem to be, if it's, they can keep it a low-scoring affair, it seems like they can pull it out. Uh, Carter Hart had to have probably his best game as a flyer for the for them to beat Carolina. You know, and then they just don't. Sh- I mean, I kind of get it. You know, on the road like that, and Dallas is just waiting for you. As much as I wanted to win, it was hoping they could, you know, come back a little bit stronger than that. They just they couldn't beat Dallas. You know, and they never were. Really, they had a good first period, but after that, they were never really in the game. Were you by chance near a press box of any sort, Jack, for that Dallas game? Uh, never been to Dallas in my life. <laughs> Uh, and no credit for the three nothing Arizona win that I was in the press box for it. Nothing, <laughs> zero credit. Never happened. <laughs> so speaking yeah. of uh, zero three, obviously last week started out with a three nothing loss to Toronto. Um, I'll be honest, that's the game where, not even because they were shut out, where st- like little lights started to go off for me, where it's like, all right, something's not right with this team. And you know what I noticed was they weren't. Number one, the offensive zone time. You know, even if they did have uh, a decent shift or spent time in the offensive zone, nothing really dangerous came of it, right? And I don't know, you can credit, I think Vigneault actually credited Toronto for, you know, playing well defensively, keeping the Flyers to the outside. And I'm sorry, that that's not good enough for me. Um, you have to find a way to get inside. And, you know, my the question that I was left with after that game was, Okay, if the Flyers need to get into the slot, into the you know into the dirty areas near the crease and around the goalie, um, who who are those players that are going to get in there? Who are the, who are the, who are the guys that are going to take the punishment and create something out of nothing? You know, just by sitting in the crease, sitting around the goalie, and it's like JVR's that guy. I don't know if he is. You know, um, not even so, that though. They couldn't even get the puck to the net. Yeah, right. For the majority of that game, they couldn't even get the puck to the net. Yeah, this, that's that's just it was all lower percentage stuff that got through because it was that's what Toronto gave them and they took it and that's it's easy saves like you know like of course they're gonna give you that Phoenix got away with that for years you know it's made Brzezgolov look like an all star goalie doing that crap that's the uh, way the Flyers are supposed to be playing <laughs> we're supposed to be watching the Flyers do that the teams not that happened to us like I don't know it just was like what the fuck? not with that collapsing defense you're never gonna have that yeah. yeah that's when the frustration started to really uh, – I don't know. I don't want to call it frustration, but that's when question marks started going off. Like, all right, maybe there's something really wrong here because that was kind of listless. I don't know how I don't know how they had 30-something shots, you know? Yeah, that's what I mean because they're giving them that weak stuff, and it, do, it doesn't even feel like a shot. It feels like almost like a dump in at times. Um, and if they did have something of a higher percentage shot, there's zero bodies on net, and the goalie sees it the whole way. There's no deflections. There's no rebounds. There's nothing. You know, and you're not beating, you know, even even the worst goalies. Like Cam- I don't think Campbell's bad, but he's just not. He's not in the upper echelon by any means. You're not beating him from almost the blue line on a wrist shot, you know, because he's going to see it the whole way and just glove it and slow things down and on we move. Meanwhile, the Flyers are the a breakdown away from the game getting out of control, about, almost back to that. And they've let these two games I thought they should have won slip away. Somehow they pulled out the miracle win, and that was really on the all on heart. You know, so I mean, because ultimately Carolina had a lot of, lot of control in that game and they never really were in it with, I mean, maybe in the first period, they kept the score close, but we look at chances and time of possession right after the first period, they just, 
both games, it just fell off. Uh, yeah, so the Toronto game was, in my opinion, the one that they needed to win this week. They had to win that, start the week off right, because who knows what's going to happen against Carolina. And, you know, you would expect them to give their all against the Hurricanes, and then you have to go to Dallas for the for the second leg of a back-to-back. So for me, if they were going to have a good week, it needed to start out with the win against Toronto. They got shut out, and it's like, all right, well, they're they're playing catch up here. If you know, if they want to get to five hundred, they're going to have to beat you know a good team in the Hurricanes, and uh, and then hope for a win Sunday. When I mean, we all saw it. They they were out of gas by I don't know midway through the second period. You know, uh, before we get too far ahead, which would be would have been my fault. Let's let's talk a little bit about the Calgary game. I'm sorry, the Carolina game. So the Flyers were I don't want to say dominated. Because I don't know if dominated is the right word. They were outplayed, right? They were they were outplayed by a better team. Um, Kyle, did you have a chance to watch that game? I did not. I was in the middle of the Pine Barrens camping. Oh, nice. Lucky you. Jack, what did you see in the Carolina game? No, I, I dominated is, is, isn't the worst. If you said that, you wouldn't get a lot of pushback. Like the, It was all Carolina. The Flyers looked like a team just trying to keep their head above water. You know, they had very few opportunities. They tried playing with them, but you just felt like the shoe's going to fall off at some point. And when Carolina did score, it was like, ah, man, they went as long as they could. Let's see if they can bounce back. Then the disallowed goal happens. And before it gets disallowed, because it was an offside play, not like, a, you know, anything else. And uh, you're like, ah, well, they, that's it. It's over. Like, it's going to it's gonna be uh, uh, it's all downhill from here. They're going to blow them out. Smart challenge. Play gets called back. And then it was just a Carter Hart show. And he, there's no way he's doing that for you every game. They, it's the goals they scored. Had they been more cycling, puck control plays, I would have had better, or God forbid, a power play goal. I would have, um, I would have felt better about the Flyers scoring. But it, listen, the Lawton Bank was a great, a great play for Far- the Farabee goal tie the game. But you can't rely on that. Like that, that's an opportunistic play. Um, and then McCune deflecting a Justin Braun shot in like that. Again, you can't rely on that either. Great plays for that game, but not a good way to get, keep your scoring up. Those, those are, that was just luck. It really was just luck heads up play. And that's why they only won by a goal and Carter Hart played his best game as a flyer. I keep saying that, but it really was ridiculously good. And um, yeah, they escaped with a win there. Shocked the world. We all, nobody expected that. And then it was just like right back to how things were in Toronto and Dallas. I don't want to be too hard on them because of the, you know, they had to get on a plane and fly out and Dallas had just been waiting. Um, but then that brings me back to Toronto. It's like, what the hell happened there? And when are they going to do something about this power play? This whole Tarian thing is starting to become like a Lapierre thing with PK now. It's like Fletcher said, like, if we keep bringing back the same players and doing the same thing, it's not going to work. Well, what are we going to do with the power play? What are we going to do different? Okay, Yandel's on there. Great. Ellis is hurt, so you got to move things around. I'm glad Proveroff finally scored, but that's not enough. They, if you, if they have a lot of pressure on their power play, we're tapping them on the back because we're so used to mediocre, terrible play. We're about to watch Tampa come in here and how their power play runs, and we're going to be embarrassed. Carl, you want to follow up there? It's it's hard to talk on the Carolina game. I mean, I watched the highlights, but other than a quick breakdown of the game, I didn't really watch. Um, I did notice the 40-something shots on net by Carolina, and I was immediately like, well, Carter Hart's back to being Carter Hart of old. <laughs> and those were like real. For, like Sometimes when you watch the Flyers at home, they're like, 
you're like, how the hell did they get 30 shots? But like this night was, yeah, there was definitely 40 shots from Carolina. And, uh, you know, I, I, we posed the question after, after the game, was that Carter Hart's best game as a flyer? And, you know, you have to think back to some past performances and obviously this stands out because it was recent, but like, as far as like, it was a goaltending, uh, what's the word? It was a master clinic. It was a clinic because everything he did, he did it perfectly. Like he was never out of position. Any hard save he made look easy. And it's like, whoa, like if this is Carter Hart, like it was like the matrix. I felt like it, like he could see the park. He's like moving in slow motion. Everything's easy for him. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's really amazing to watch. And Hey, if this is the goaltender that the flyers have for the foreseeable future, we can be excited about that. You know, he was um, in the Carolina shooters heads, particularly Sebastian Ajo late in the game. He made a save off of him off like a one-timer or face-off win. And you could see he was visibly upset. Ajo. Like he was like, man, like any other game I have that and heart, which is, and he was like, you said he was where he needed to be. Carolina was still taking good shots because they were just kind of getting a piece of them and going off and hitting the boards or into the stands or whatever. Like it wasn't in the breadbasket every time. Like he was really making all sorts of saves left and right. Credit Giroux and Proveroff. They did slide in front of some shots. Keep that a, keep that a uh, one goal game. But yeah, without heart, they lose that game like five to one. For sure. So at what point does this all become really concerning? Because they are still seven, four and two. I'm concerned already. I'm a little concerned considering our division. Our our division's all like seven, four, and two or better. That's the problem. Our division's ridiculous. Even Columbus, you know, I think uh, New Jersey and the Rangers put on like an absolute clinic. I'd say that again. Like they were just two, they were really rolling against each other and they both got a point because, of course, it went to a shootout, you know. So it's like you're going to have to like, that's why Carolina went so big, a four point swing. You know, if it's, it's a shame they, they lost two out of three. And two of the t- they lost, you thought were the winnable games, but um, I don't know how you keep pace with the division. You're without Ellis now. You can't score, and uh, you're about to play Florida again, Tampa again, Carolina again. Boston's got an axe to grind. Calgary embarrassed you the first time, and then you're going to start playing New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers. Like this is going to be a nightmare. Yeah, it, I'm concerned. I wasn't a week ago because. A week ago, they were three less games into the season. And it's like, all right, well, you know, you can make up reasons why they're not scoring, why they look a little weird. The power play wasn't as bad as it was yet. After this week, though, I mean, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs came in hot. I don't, I'm not going to make it. I'm not making excuses because, you know, the Flyers are a good team as well. And they shouldn't have lost three nothing to the Maple Leafs. Granted, a goal was kicked in. They gave up another one on a, on a power play. Uh, but to get shut out, uh, you know, it's disappointing uh, because – Things that happened last week trickled over into a, you know, it ended up being a shutout. Uh, even in a two-one win, when you want to be happy about Carter Hart, they didn't look, they didn't control play. I felt almost at any point in the game, and uh, I'm not being, I'm, I'm tr- This is not me being negative, by the way, because I don't want, you know, someone like Cliff to come in and say, hey, they beat Carolina. Why are you being negative? I'm just pointing out. Sometimes, you know, your goalie stops forty shots. And you get you you happen to get two goals, right? Um, but if you watch the game, the Flyers didn't control play, and I think that's what you're look. That's what I'm looking for anyway. Even in losses, I'm looking to see okay, how how often do the Flyers control play as a group? 
defense, defense and offense. You know, how, how easy are they, are they getting through the neutral zone? Um, how, how much time are they spending in the offensive zone, cycling pucks, you know, quick passing, um, are they playing, um, with conviction? Do they know where the other guy is going to be? That's the stuff that I look for. And for whatever reason, through the last week or two, they've, they're, they're very slow in the offensive zone. I pay, like, look out for this. Like when they make passes, it's like, okay, accept pass, look around what to do next. It should be accept pass, bang, accept pass, bang, right? Like there's no thinking. When you think you're already a step behind, and that's what I'm seeing again, it's frustrating a little bit. When the other team has possession in our zone and they get set up, it, it does start to feel like they're on something of a power play. Yeah, they just quick. have a lot, and this is to Kyle's point of the collapsing defense. Like they just have so much time and space at the point to just you know let things settle up. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to take a shot, or I'm going to pass it to the other defenseman. But when the Flyers have it, everything's a rush. Everything almost, especially five on five, unless they're, they're pretty decent breakout team, but again, they're not scoring right now, but when they set up, everything's very, I'm looking this way. I'm dumping it around this way. And lately it's been giveaways. I've seen Couturier do it. I've seen JVR do it. I've seen Konechny has been a bitch to help get things set up lately in the, in the offensive zone. His IQ has dropped like 18 points mm-hmm. when it comes to setting up in the zone. And I don't know why that is. It wasn't like that earlier in the season, but it, they're struggling to just get things going where it's, it's a smooth transition for other teams, whether they jump and chase or bring it in or whatnot. Uh, they even get the, a lot of their own rebounds and set up really easily in the flyers. That's just not the case at all. Yeah. So again, going back to this Toronto game, the, the first thing that really stuck out to me is there was no four check at all from the flyers. None. They dump it in and that the defenseman who grabbed it or the goalie who stopped it, they had all kinds of time to look up, make a move, pass the puck, no forecheck. Everybody just kind of backed into the neutral zone like they were collapsed, like they were up. And I'm like, well, what is going on right now? And obviously, I didn't see either the Carolina or Dallas game. So did they play similarly? Was there any forecheck in Carolina versus Dallas? So if what there, I've if there was, is, it wasn't much. No, no, not really. But f- the way I, the way I break it down is like they have, depending on the game, and 50-50 first period. Usually they're not looking good, especially against Carolina. I actually thought they had a lot more chances against Dallas. They just dove and shut them down, and their shot selections. They, they, I think in that game they had a, a variety of different shot selections. They just couldn't score. But they, all their second periods almost all year have been bad. The second period has been the worst period for this team, uh, and it all goes all the way back to the very first Vancouver game where the wheels fell off. Um, and, you know, so there's like very little effort, like the first two periods. And then there's desperation third where it's like, well, we're about to lose. So I guess we should start playing or trying and whatnot. And that's where you see like Proveroff finally scores in the power play. Or I think uh, both goals in the Carolina game were scored in the third period, um, you know, or they get shut out and that's the, they lose. <laughs> like that's it. Um, even the, Phoenix, the Arizona win, that was the, all those goals were scored in the third period. They had to come back to tie. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, so like really only the Washington game did they go to the third period and not score another goal. Like it's just, I don't know. They cannot sleepwalk through two periods and then hope to pull it all together in the third. It, it just doesn't work that way. And we've been saying it for years. They've always been like that. It's a comeback kids, except for they don't always come back. Like <laughs> it's just that we lost. So 
this is interesting because our buddy Nick uh, from Brother Brotherly uh, Pod sa said this, and I think I brought it up on our last episode that this is the same stuff they've been doing for the last 10 years. And mm -hmm. I thought he meant personnel-wise, play-wise. I'm like, well, it's not the same thing for the last 10 years. Like, it's different because it's different guys. It's different coaches. But when you got when you just said that, it made me wonder, okay, well, if, if that's what he meant, like they have to come from behind all the time, like it makes sense. And I don't know, what what could it be? Like what is the, what is the only constant? Because a lot of the players – well – speak for myself all of the players that i wanted gone are gone so what is left to change what what could the, what could the issue be why are they still you know in the dallas game they didn't necessarily start out slow like like you mentioned jack kadobin you know stood on his head and kept them off the score sheet and you know i i think if they were going to beat dallas they needed to score a couple goals early this way they could do the whole turtle thing and play defense if they were tired um, but once they go down, you know, when you're tired and you have to come back, it's you're pretty much cooked. Um, I don't know. What what could the issue be? You know, what is it? I don't know. Let's try to figure it out. I hate to say it, but I part of me feels like they're kind of mentally weak. Uh, they do enough to hang around. And when they give up a goal, they kind of get disheartened, disheartened. Excuse me. Um, and even when they do score a goal, like look, Proveroff finally comes through, cuts the lead in half. They immediately give up another goal, which is something they always used to do as well. Mm -hmm. Like they just, they can't give asking this team to give you a full 60 is a huge ask. And, you know, and it's usually a second period where they, they dip. And if the game's not really that close by the third, they're done. You're not, you won't see them. You know, if it's, if it's one goal, maybe we're talking about a good game like Carolina and you see what Hart had to do to make that happen. I'm trying to think of any other game where they pulled the comeback off and won. But the only good thing is they didn't start off playing the year this way. You know, they, they were winning games because they were the better team. And at some point, and a lot of it, I know Ellis sticks out a couple games after he went out, they started that, which last year we Niskanen retired, saw things fell to pieces. But when we had Niskanen, we were pretty good. So that top defenseman seems to be an amazing thing. <laughs> like that, that is it. I think that – that and Hayes, Hayes coming back. I'm sure at some point once he gets you know acclimated back to the lineup will help. But I really think that their top stud defenseman is a big thing. And uh, that you said that, I'm just kind of like shit. Like I wonder how true that is. Like how much? And I don't know. I don't want to say it's all that. And I know that's not what you're saying, Jack. But I'm kind of like, it's like you have a point there. Like Ellis played what against Seattle, Boston? Did he play against Florida? He didn't play in the first game of the season, right? Or did he? I think Risto missed the first game of the season. I okay, think Ellis so, played. Yeah, I think Ellis played the first three. I want to say. Okay. He played the first three games. So that's um, interesting. So he yeah, played in the and, games where they scored four, six, and six, and you know, let's call the Edmonton game an anomaly where they scored five. So Ellis played the first three in games where Ellis hasn't played. Uh, the Flyers have scored over. Three goals, one time. And it seemed to be that's where they stopped having, you know, a power lot of any kind of any kind of cycling. Uh, that's where we started to notice the power play was an issue. Not They started making changes. Um, I, I just – the two seasons the Flyers have played good in the last, what, six years? They've had a number one defenseman of some kind. Last year and the, hack, the entire Hackstall error – 
they didn't have a number one defenseman. Provorov, you can argue he's still not a number one defenseman. He's a top pairing defenseman, but he's not a number one defenseman. Um, and who they have, you know, before Niskanen? Nobody. McDonald was getting a lot of your ice time, and look how bad they were then. How pathetic of a team they were then. You know, it's like then you got to go back to Pronger. That they were a good team with Pronger. That that was it. Teaming in. There you go. Teaming in. Whenever he had the blood clots and had to miss the season and eventually get traded and retire, that was the last time they were really a team that could take over games and control possession and in the other team's zone. They just ever since that. And you got to go back to like what twenty fourteen. So clearly they, and I don't know why they did this, but it's it's evident now. You know, I think we're getting to the root of some things. For whatever reason, they've completely changed the way they're playing hockey because of Ryan Ellis, right? Like the power play is completely different. For whatever reason, I don't they had to move around things on the power play. The I don't team know. Is different look ahead. Sorry. I don't know if that's it as much as the team's a hell of a lot easier to figure out. Like when Ryan Ellis can skate the puck up and he makes fantastic decisions with the puck, it's a lot easier to pressure just Proveroff or just Braun or the Risto and Sanheim pair as a whole. Just pressure them and they're going to mess up. Keith Yandel hasn't been playing fantastic lately. Just pressure Keith Yandel and he turns the puck over. So I think that's more so what it boils down to. It's it's just an easier team to play against, obviously, mm-hmm. with Ryan Ellis out mm-hmm. of the lineup. It's an easier game plan. Plus, we're, we're at the point in the season where there's plenty of tape. You don't think that they weren't watching all of the tape for when we were scoring five goals? Mm, good point. A game. I mean, and the adjustments are made. And that's another thing. I mean, I don't want to harp on this too much because I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But – has anybody seen this coaching staff make any adjustments in a game that have worked yet this year or last year? It's kind of just or been the year out, before. Go out and it's do what the game plan win, is. It's either they win the game or they lose the game. There's no adjustments being made in any of these hockey games. Hmm. Yeah, it seems to be like if they can keep the score close, there's a chance they can come back in the third. And or they, they just score a bunch. A or they lose. And it, it, early in the season, they were scoring a lot more, but the mitigating factor really was Ellis outside of one game. Uh, and uh, you got to say, Atkinson was off. He was that second line really was really hot. So now that they've cooled off a bit, yeah, Broussard um, came down to earth faster than a rocket ship. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think it was a lot of that, you know? And um, I think the defenseman thing is definitely big. When, when, if Ellis is out of the lineup and I look at the rest of the defensemen and a lot of the forwards too, if I'm another team, I, it's a full court press because the, the Flyers will just make, they always make mistakes and bad decisions. They'll make the occasional good one. You know, they'll get lucky, but you're, you're starting to see blind, not blind passes, but blind dumps. Like where they're just like, I got nothing. I'll send it around the boards backwards. And they, they just pick it off and it's over. I'm like, that wasn't even a, a line change dump. You just didn't know what to do with the puck. And the guy pressured you too fast. You know, and you're seeing more of that in our zone with our defensemen, and it's gonna they're gonna start getting sloppy, and they're already getting a little sloppy. And I think that's my game plan as coach. Without a guy like Ellis that you can respect, the reason the Flyers I think give some defensemen and other teams do this too some space is because they respect them. They'll make the right decision. They know what to do. They're talented enough to to figure it out. Where the Flyers aren't, they'll, they'll just jump all over them and they'll make mistakes and play. The Flyers will play right into the other team's hands. 
And now this is this is obviously the same thing I've been complaining about since AV has become coach. The collapsing defense. I mean, every team's got that figured out. They just they keep their point guys along the boards and know at some point the Flyers are going to throw it up the boards because there's nobody to pass to. There's never anybody to pass to because three forwards are down low. Why are the three forwards always down low? Why isn't somebody staying on a point? Why isn't somebody staying along the boards? They all seem to wander right in front of the net. And then we try to throw it up the boards. Like that's going to be an outlet of some sort. And then the defenseman grabs it. He throws it over to the other defense. And now all of us, all of them are lost. They're all going to the opposite side. (laughs) It was crazy. The first Dallas goal, I was like screaming at Konechny to like get out to the point. Like it, th- those two defensemen looked like two outfielders in baseball waiting on yep. a fly ball. I was just like, they have all sorts of space. And as I'm like screaming for him to do, he's kind of, I don't know if he was tired or what, but he was kind of just not really moving his feet. He threw it on that and it went in and it was like, Oh great. Okay. Well, that was hard. Like they literally, he took his time. He picked a spot. It was on challenge. He threw it on net. You could get a rebound or a deflection. And no, it just went in. Okay, one nothing. That was great defense. I mean, if it was that easy for me, I would have had a sniff at the NHL. I couldn't believe the kind of space they give these guys. And it was, I don't know why. It never works. It does not work. Like it's literally the collapsing defense hasn't worked in the NHL for as long as I can remember. Why are we employing it? It doesn't make sense. And where are the adjustments from this coach? That's supposed to be a Stanley Cup caliber coach. What scares me a little bit, too, is the other thing besides adjustments is he says they're not making changes to the coaching staff. That is his staff. So if I guess if one goes, they all go. Uh, and the power play has been atrocious. So we're just stuck with Tarion as long as we're stuck with AV. How much of this is on the players? I got to say that. But I, I don't know. I mean, something's something's got to go. We've changed some players around. The player, the personnel's different. So... What happens now? Because one goal in what the last? Oh, geez, I would love to see those stats. Like, I, I know their their percentage. They're like more middle of the league, middle average. But that was from a lot of what they did early on. They went on a stretch where they didn't score at all, like nothing. Their uh, their power play percentage is all the way down to seventeen percent. It's if you divide the league up into th- into thirds, they're in the bottom third of the league now. Uh, fell quickly. Um, their PK is still sitting around 82%, you know, middle of the pack. So, you know, where this it's, it's obvious where, I mean, the goaltending is there. We're going to talk about in just a couple of minutes, the defense, at least the defensive players, not maybe not team defense as a lot of team defense as a whole, they, they look good defensively, right? They're, they're holding good teams to low amounts of goals. Uh, you're looking at the Toronto game, the Toronto scored three, they had an empty netter in that game. I can't recall now. I know they had the one on the power play and the one kick. Was it three? Um, And then, uh, of course, Carter Hart's excellent performance uh, in the Dallas Stars game where I know they definitely had an empty net. That was just a weird game. But defensive players, defensive individuals look okay. Team defense, I think, is, you know, it's okay. They're broken offensively, though. You know, and uh, so I I said it after one of the post games. Early on in the season, it was like, okay, they're going to be a counterattack team, right? Like, I don't know how sustainable that is, but as long as they're scoring off of it, I'm not going to complain, right? That's when that's when Faraby and Atkinson and Giroux was all they were all scoring, and they were scoring on the power play. I'm like, okay, 
they can they can live like this if they play solid defense and the goalies stand on their head. They can live off you know counterattack scoring chances and and power play goals, sure. But when the power play goes out, like literally out the window, like it's it's bad right now. Like it's unwatchable. You're gonna have a problem when you cannot sustain offensive zone pressure. You know, and I know um you know the collapsing defense is a problem. Maybe it's outdated, and that's something I want to bring up as well. But a way to, you know, not even have to worry about that is maintaining possession of the puck in the offensive zone. And they can't do that. So they're they could be in trouble. Like I know we're we're trying to figure out, okay, are we worried or is it time to worry? Yeah, if they look like this, I think through these next three games, they're gonna be in trouble. Like, even if they're they're five hundred or if they somehow win a game, if they look like they do now and the power play is still crap. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what the next move is. They changed players. Do you do you get rid of a coach? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, teams that teams that want to win usually do. Teams that say they're not going to bring back the same pieces and expect something different. That's why they make changes. They would do that. Maybe it's too early. They're not because they are still seven three and two. We discuss firing a coach or something if they were off to a real bad start or they're like. Two, three, two, and seven, or two, three, seven to two, or whatever, uh, because they're they're still very much in the win columns. Um, I don't see anything happening yet. They're gonna you're gonna blame injuries. They're gonna say they haven't had Hayes. They're gonna say Ellis has been in and out of the lineup, and uh, they might even throw Allison out there at that point because uh, they'll probably be grasping at straws as to why their scoring has dried up ridiculously fast. And it's concerning because we've been seeing this for years. It's not out of the blue. This is this isn't you know. This is we've seen this before. We've seen the power play be non-existent. We're making the old jokes of like, all right, Flyers have uh, two minutes. They're going on the power play. We're like, no thanks. We'll just stay at five on five. We're starting. I'm starting to see those jokes again. I made it myself, obviously, but like that. It was funny, but it wasn't because it's like you're supposed to be lethal on a power play. That's where you take advantage. It is nothing but a momentum booster for the other team now. They shut us down. They probably have better opportunities than we do. <laughs> the Carolina game, I don't know how Jeff Stahl, he didn't, uh, excuse me, I don't know how Stahl didn't score. on. The, he had two opportunities coming out of the box there, and that, that was a five on three. <laughs> they, they were still on the power play, and they hit him. He had a breakaway. At the end, they blew the whistle. I thought they took a penalty. It was the end of the period. Thank God. Like That, that stuff happens way too often with this team. Is it starting to feel – like last season at all to you guys or no? Because I was ignoring that stuff a week or two ago, and I'm like, no, no, I wouldn't go can't that. Like Goaltending is too strong. Goaltending okay, is yeah. too strong. Sure. The defense has played better. They're not giving up like ridiculous. The only time that you see like breakdowns is the power play when they're trying to do too much and they're trying to be too offensive. They're they're smarter on defense now. They're they're not perfect, but they're playing a lot better. They're shutting down other teams. They're not really getting blown out. Like last year, they were, you know, there's no seven to ones or eight to threes or whatever the hell. Um, and yeah, and the, the goaltending is stealing you games. They're not just, just losing. Like they're, they're having, I think uh heart's got a, a shutout. I think before last night, or I'm sorry, before Saturday, was it? Um, Jones was three and O and he, he played some pretty solid teams too. I mean, he beat Washington, he beat Boston, uh, and then Vancouver, obviously, and Hart, even though that Carolina game wasn't a shutout, was the best game I've ever seen him play. So, yes, I, I, I'm not ready to go there yet, but there is 
the only thing I see is they're missing a top defenseman right now. <laughs> That's because Ellis can't stay in the lineup and nobody else is capable. And I know that Justin Braun's been off to a fantastic start. He's so good, but he's not your number one. That He can't play up there at Braun. It's going to wear thing quick. What if I told you that the Flyers started 11-4-3 last season? Would you remember that? I know I didn't realize it was eleven four and three. I did know they got off to a decent start. Eleven four and I know three. that most of those games they shouldn't have won. Yeah. Right, right. And that's <laughs> that's kind of what I'm getting to here because I'm looking at, you know, the back to back wins against Pittsburgh where they scored six goals, five goals. Um yeah, they got blown out against Buffalo in the third game, six one. Uh they lost to Boston six one. Um they had a three nothing win against Buffalo. 5-3 win against Jersey, a couple overtime wins against the Islanders. Boston beat them in overtime, and then uh, 7-4 win against Washington. Uh, okay, so, Jack, to your point, they're keeping the goal totals against lower this year. Um, but what I'm worried about is you know, the offense is stalled. When does the other shoe kind of fall off, right? Like, the offense is gone – how how long can they sustain what's happening now before you know goals start getting through? Hart's confidence is you know somehow shot again. You know what I'm saying? Is it sustainable? I'm not sure. Like, That's the word sustainable, and I don't think it is. This this comeback thing is not sustainable. They have to score goals in the first period. Like, what is their goal total for goals in the first period? It's got to be even the second period where they've been pretty bad. I think they might have scored at least since like. Ellis went out more goals in the second period. Like they just, how many times you go to intermission tied? Nothing, nothing. Sometimes even the second period too. It's like, come on. Like you have to put goals on the board. You ha they'll have great play and we're patting them all on the back, but unless you get it in the net, what's it really matter? And they just don't do that enough. And they find themselves in these holes and they have to come back or either one mistake away from losing the game. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's not sustainable at all. If the Flyers make the playoff and have any kind of run, that will mean that Carter Hart is Dominic Hasek because that team had the same exact issues. Like they could not score either because they didn't have anybody. It was the Dominic Hasek show, and that's not happening in this NHL. It's just not going to work. And shocker, the two Stanley Cups that our Stanley Cup caliber coach went to also came with two all-star goalies. Hall of Fame goalies. And you know what we're missing that some of those teams had? Like the Sedin twins. Like they were yeah. pretty good. That you know helps. I mean? Yeah, pretty good defense. Pretty sure that pairings. power play wasn't a bottom feeding power play. Exactly. Like they probably had good defensemen too. Like think about uh, New York. They had Girardi when he was good. They had McDonough. You know, they had a, there's other guys they had that slipped my mind at this point. It was so long ago. But they, they had plenty of throughout their lineup, they had guys. Uh, and in Vancouver, they had. Um, Jesus, he's old as time. I think he's still playing. Edler, Alex Edler was good. Who's that guy the Flyers traded for? And he's he said no, and he went to uh, he was from Nashville. I can't believe I can't think of his name. Oh, Ham Hughes. Yeah, they had Ham Hughes was good. Like he was another one. They had a few more guys too. They've always, they've had strong defense with good goaltending and superstars up up top. I mean, New York had. I don't think Rick Nash played his best days in uh, New York, but they had Rick Nash. Yeah, I think he did have like a pretty strong regular season once. They had Marty St. Louis. You know, they had oh, – Jesus, some of the guys they have now, they were just younger. You know, the Yurzuccarellas and I think Kreider was a young pup on the team and guys of that nature. They traded for Zabitajad around that time. I think Broussard was in that deal actually. 
Like they had talented guys on offense who could score. They had strong fourth lines who could change tilted change the tilt of the ice. Hall of Fame goaltending with very strong defenses. So, like the one thing I see this team missing now, I don't know how strong their defense is without Ellis, but the, the, there's no goal scoring. There's no superstar talent. Say what you will about Drew, he's not the same player he was back in 2013, 14, or whatever. Like he's just not that guy. We don't have a guy who can take over games and make things happen to that can disrupt teams' defenses that lead to other guys getting open. And they're not a good enough team to cycle the puck and have control. I can't find uh, goals for first period. Total team goals in the first period. That would have been a good thing to have. Because, um, yeah, they seem few and far between here. So we have a comment from our good buddy Don Vito. Risto and Sanheim have been nothing short of perfect together. Some praise. I hope we see Max Willman back in the Flyers lineup. So let's start with the first part of that because, yeah, that's a positive. Risto and Sanheim have looked pretty solid. They've looked better and better, I think, as the season's going on. Um, Kyle, I haven't heard from you in a, in a second here. Let's talk about Risto and Sanheim. I can't speak on the last two games. I don't know how they played. Um, again, I still see the same thing that I complained about last episode. One has a great game. The other, not so much. I have yet to see a game where both of them were legitimate number two defensemen. Okay. Well, let's um, move over to Jack a little bit here because maybe he's got a different little thing going on here. What do you think about Risto Sanheim, Jack? So I'm going to answer your question, but I have to tell you something real quick. So the Flyers have scored 10 first period goals from the first game of the season up until their two to one win against Vancouver. Since then they have scored zero first period goals. Wow. Where did you find that stat? I sat here and counted like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to write down the address. I'm like, oh, that'll be good to One, have next two, time. Two, three, four, five. And Kyle answered that question just long enough for me to check my math. <laughs> that was it. Um, that's a very strong statement. Um, perfect. I, I mean, they've played significantly better compared to how they started the season. Um, perfect's a little strong. Uh, I, I would definitely wouldn't go that far. Uh, I've liked what I've seen in their respective games. I need Sandheim to start putting a puck in the net a little bit, or at least getting some kind of assist. Uh, he faked me out in that Dallas game. I don't know how he thought that went in seeing the replay. I know there were black pads, but um, I, that never looked like it went in. Uh, he's jumping in on the play, which is nice, but he, if you don't finish, what the hell does it matter? Like you just, you know how good Sam Gagne would be for if he, if you didn't count finishing, the guy was one of the most talented guys I've ever seen play who really struggled to finish. Like it does not matter unless you finish. Um, they've picked up their defensive play for sure. The, the penalties have been down a bit, but um, I, I just – perfect. Uh, strong. A strong praise. No, they look, yeah, they look okay. Like, uh, like Kyle, you mentioned one guy's playing good, one guy's having a bad game. I think they're kind of bringing that – they're reeling that in a little bit where I think Ristolain is finally, like, understanding his role a little bit more. And I think it was against Dallas where he was actually letting some shots rip – so what I this is just my opinion because I, I don't know if it's wrong. If if you're watching in the comments, feel free to let me know. Or you guys, I'm sure, having the problem. I think he was trying to get down what the coaches want him to get down, right, so that he can play with Sanheim. 
And what I'm seeing now from Mr. Lyon is he's getting maybe more comfortable, you know, with each game. And now he's being allowed to do a little bit more. Like he's, you know, now he's able to rip shots in the offensive zone because he doesn't have to worry about being in the right position or, you know, catering to his defense partner. In turn, what I'm seeing from Sanheim is he's jumping up into the play with the puck more, which is what I want from him, which is what I've always wanted because he can fly. He can really skate this guy. And when you have a defenseman who, I think is pressuring the defense with the puck when he's starting in his own end and gaining speed and he can fly into the offensive zone. You're on your heels a little bit. If you have to defend a guy like that. Um, and I want to see more of that from Sanheim because it'll create opportunities. I I think and allow risk to line to be more of that stay at home guy. Um, I think they're growing as a pair. Are they where we want them to be at? Eh, probably not, but that maybe that's a good thing. You know, they're going to learn and they're going to get better. Um, and, and yeah, you know, it's it's one thing to watch Flyers for to see how those guys are doing together. Now, the way you wrapped up that point is how I feel. Yeah. So the, the second part, and this comes with some breaking news, breaking Flyers news. Are you guys ready for this? Is are you ready? Breaking? So for tomorrow night's game, this is from Jordan Hall. He just put out an article. Oscar Lindblom will sit tomorrow night's game. And the reason that is relevant is because for the second part of Don Vito's question, he or, or not, this is not the question, but he said he, he hopes we'll see Max Willman back in the Flyers lineup. Uh, you got a chance with that now, I imagine. Who, who, which forward was not playing? Brown. Um, it was Brown. Mm-hmm. So, uh, will he be playing in Limblom? Excuse me, Limblom's place? Maybe. I thought so. Or I think Lindblom McEwen. was on the fourth line. I thought he was yeah. on the fourth line, so yeah. Okay. Hayes so, is back now. That's going to throw that. Oh, that's it. Hayes is back. Okay. Right? Yeah, and you can't – I don't think they can call up Sealer and another player that will be over on roster unless uh, Ellis goes on LTIR. That's right. Ellis is out. Because you'll have, you'll have 23 with the call-up of Sealer. So help me out a little bit here. Because uh, I feel like I'm missing something. So well, it would have been Al Kubel, but he went bye bye. Oh, and right, I, I, yeah. we're going to get to him too. <laughs> but uh, I feel like something is missing, and I could be wrong. So Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny, right? And then you got Hayes, Farabee, Atkinson, uh, Atkinson. and then Your what? Lawton, Broussard, uh, JVR, and Your then fourth. McCown, Brown, Thompson. 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 Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, interesting. So Limblom's going to take a seat tomorrow night. Now, you mentioned Nicholas Albe-Kubel got the boot, put on waivers. We were wondering about that last week. Big topic of conversation. Uh, and it's unfortunate when, when Nicholas Albe-Kubel is a huge topic of conversation, you know things are kind of boring. <laughs> Not much great. to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Because um, usually it's just like, ah, oh, see you later, buddy. Like things are great here. Have you know, enjoy your time in, in Colorado. But it's like, all right, guy's making a million bucks. You know, was taking stupid penalties, wasn't getting it done. A guy that I liked. Am I going to lose sleep over? Not really. Hope he does well in Colorado. That's fine. Give him an opportunity. What's good, I guess, is because, like I said, I like this guy. I know you guys are going to have different opinions. We're going to hear them in a second. But when you can afford to waive a guy like Nicholas Albe Kubel, I think. 
you know, that says something about your roster. Whether that roster can put things together, we're going to see. So you guys' thoughts on Albert Kubel? I mean, you guys know how I felt about Kubel. I thought he plateaued um, not last year. Yeah, I guess last year, the year before, he plateaued. And that, that, was, that was the player you got. He skates really fast. He does a lot of stupid shit with the puck, and he uh, takes a lot of dumb penalties. I mean, Jim, I, I, when they drafted this kid in the second round, we had no prospects back then, and it was like the Hextall part of the, his start to drafting, and we're not going to just bring in all the old guys and get Snyder a cup anymore. we got to look towards the future. He was a guy I liked. Uh, when he got to the Phantoms, he suddenly he really started taking these dumb – he was getting suspended a lot, and it was like, what's okay, I don't remember reading that about that in juniors, but okay. And um, he had that one good year. And then it was like, what's he doing? And maybe he was just a product of being in a bad uh, environment last year with everybody who was playing bad last year outside of what, JVR and Farabee. Um, and you thought he would turn that around this year. The one thing that I regret is he didn't get a chance to play on a with just better line mates, more offensively minded line mates. Don't say, I can't say whether or not that would have led to him taking less dumb penalties. Um, but between the contract and how tight the Flyers are up against the cap, and just things not working out. I think he needed to change the scenery. I think it's best for him. I think it's best for us. Um, he was a good soldier, just not good enough. So I was going to compare him to somebody. Go ahead, this sorry. is the way I look at it. He was making what? 1.2? Something like that. Yeah. 1.25? Yeah, I should never have been making over 750. He like, did get a weird contract. Wasn't it weird yeah. that he got that? Two years at 1.25 did jack shit. Yeah, they really liked him that first year, and he just did not bring it back. There were flashes, but there was more flashes of the. You got to be careful when you're an energy player and you bring energy. It's great to see when it works, but when it doesn't work, you really put your team at a disadvantage. And then I stopped seeing the energy part too. Yeah, there was like two games in a row he threw one hit the entire game. I'm like, well, you're supposed to be an energy guy. You're not getting in on the forecheck. You have the speed to. You're not hitting the defenseman. You're not hitting anybody in the neutral zone. So what exactly are you here for? Because you're not even doing the energy thing good. If he were taking penalties that were energy related, which he has at times, it'd be easier for me to like, I'd probably be more upset, but like knowing you got a target on your back and that need a knee thing. Sometimes that happens so fast. Like um, JVR kind of did it. And he, I think he more so did it. So the guy didn't get on any kind of two on one or breakaway, but it's very like reactionary, but the, <laughs> To go after Freeman the way he did was like, like, come on, man. Like, you know, we're we're looking at you for this. You're being constantly talked about for this. I know you got a Twitter. I know you got at least if you don't, your girlfriend does, because I've seen pictures of you all the time. Like, you know what's going on. I'm sure the coaches talk to you. Why are you doing this? Why? You know, and it's it's I don't know. You can't fix stupid. And that's a little rough, but like you, you can't. You guys, <laughs> they, they just do that stuff. It is what it is, you know. And sometimes a change of scenery is enough of a culture shock to make you rethink some things. And nine times out of ten, they wind up becoming a, at least a little bit of a better player. So, like I said, I think it was good for us. It was good for him. It was just time to move on. There's other guys. Like, what's the Wade's Allison's uh, injury update? Is, is he coming back soon? Because he's a natural fit for swapping him out for Abkubel or whoever else. Like we all want to see him in the worst way for all the same reasons. The people who do like Abkubel, you think you'd like Abkubel. What do you see Allison? Remember what he did last year? Yeah, true. I think the biggest 
thing that factored that I think what made it easy to put Albie Cabell on waivers was his salary, right? Like he should have never been making over a million bucks a season. I don't know why he got that, but it's like, Hey, we're in a salary crunch. We're bringing Hayes back. This kid's taking dumb penalties, only playing nine minutes a night, making over my, over a million bucks. Caught him or, or wave him. See what happens. Maybe we get lucky. Uh, so we'll see. Flyers opened up uh, some cap. Before we move on to the next topic, I will ask you guys a question. In their career, who has more playoff goals? Travis Konechny or Nicholas Albe-Kubel? If you had Probably to guess. I, you poised the question. Kubel. I got to go with Kubel. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He had two. And so we'll move on. <laughs> All right, so another positive note. We're 56 minutes in, so we'll be quick with this one before we look ahead. Flyers goaltending, we talked about it a little bit. Carter Hart's been playing out of his mind. Marty Jones, yeah, got hung out to dry somewhat against Dallas, but I'm still satisfied with what I'm seeing from him thus far. Um, I mentioned in a, a past show, Carter Hart, if you, if you guys are big draft kings uh, or, or whatever it is, if you like to bet, for the Vesna, Carter Hart, plus 2,800. I will be putting some money on that. Just to, you know, put that out there. Your thoughts so far on Flyers goaltending? It's the change that we needed. One of the biggest differences from last year to this year is the fact that both of our goalies can come in and you have a chance to win the hockey game. Yeah. Jim, I'm so glad you asked because the Carter Hart and Martin Jones are October's and probably November's and this past week's Yeats player of the month slash week first uh, eighth of the season, whatever I've gone with the goaltenders. It was the easiest decision I've ever had to make. Can't believe I'm making it how last year went and nobody liked the signing of Mark Jones shows what we know. Can't say no to the goaltending been absolutely. You couldn't ask for more. Really couldn't ask for more. True. Went from it worst to first bright spot, baby. It is. So speaking of bright spot, the Flyers have the Calgary Flames. Because fire's hot and bright. They have the Flames tomorrow night. Maybe. Maybe, you know, they're at least on the score sheet, maybe their worst loss of the season. I think it was 4-0 they lost to Calgary. So when they played Calgary the first time, Calgary was just on fire, you might say. Um beating a bunch of decent teams out on the on the East Coast. I think they were going through a road trip where they it was a five-game trip. They didn't trail at any point. They were just they were hot. Uh, different story this time around. Calgary was struggling uh, at least the last couple games until yesterday. Uh, I'm looking here. They lost 4-1 to the Sharks, lost 4-2 to Montreal, uh, were also beaten by Toronto 2-1, and they had a nice game against the Senators, who I think were at without – 15 regular players in their lineup. Yeah, yesterday. so this is, I implore everybody to uh, not expect this game to go down tomorrow. <laughs> Interesting. Because uh, Ottawa put an additional six players that played in that game on the COVID reserve. Huh. So maybe, maybe somebody, uh, if uh, Calgary starts popping hot for COVID, they may not play tomorrow night. They should get yeah, vaccinated. Yeah, they should definitely all get vaccinated because this should have <laughs> never this would have never happened if they were. Oh man. All right, let's digress a little bit. So the Flames, Flyers obviously should be out for revenge and I uh, I think they should get it. What do you think, Jack? Uh should and what'll actually happen are two very different things. Knowing this team, 
they'll probably I have I'm just my confidence level is not very high right now. The first Calgary game was the first sign of trouble for me, honestly. Because before that, they had beaten Edmonton, they had beaten Vancouver, they lost to Florida, but they looked good in that game. They they really almost pulled it off. They were leading in the second period, or at least tied, one or the other. Tied, I believe. Um, they beat Boston, they you know, destroyed Seattle. You know, they had been looking good. And this was the first what the hell effort was that? What just happened? And we all chalked it up to, well, it's a long road trip. You know, they, they, they were done with the road trip. We let them off the hook, essentially. Uh, and then it's been piss poor play ever since outside of the goaltending. And um, I'm curious to see if they, if they'll be home. I'm curious to see if they feel like they have an ax to grind. And, you know, that was the turning point for me offensively if they try to turn things around. I don't have the confidence that they will. If they win this game, it'll be two to one, one nothing, maybe three to two. You know, like it, it'll be a low scoring affair if they win. If they did lose, it'll probably be like five to one because until they get things going, how could you have? And now they're without Ellis again. How could you have confidence in this team right now? Yeah, it looks like Calgary's been starting their backup goalie. Um, maybe they're giving Markstrom a rest. It looks like he got lit up. Uh, since they beat New York uh, November 6th, 6-0, and it was a shutout for Markstrom. The next two games, he gave up four goals apiece, and then after that, Friday, November 12th, and Sunday, November 14th, Dan Vladar, the backup goaltender, started giving up just two goals in two starts. So uh, I haven't seen I anything announced yet. Back in the net. You think he's going to play tomorrow? I would bet. Yeah, so Calgary's right smack in the middle of a seven-game roadie, and they get the Flyers in the meat of it. Hopefully the Flyers can hand them a nice big L for all of us because we'd like to talk about positive things during the postgame. Um, let's look past Calgary a little bit, and uh, we'll wrap up with Boston. So Tampa Bay in the middle of the week. I'm sorry, Thursday. I'm looking at the wrong schedule here. So Tampa Bay what on November. gauntlet. Yeah, right? right. Thursday. Yeah, Tampa Thursday. Yeah, okay. So Tampa Thursday night. And uh I, I'm not as afraid of Tampa this year as I was the last two years. Doesn't mean they're not a tough team. Uh I'm trying to pull up their schedule here. So if uh Jack, you want to talk about Tampa real quick. Obviously, as we know, they lost their entire third line. Since then, they obviously Kucherov's is he what's his situation? He's still out. Yeah, he's he's out. That's huge, but they're still ridiculously good. Uh, they have maybe the best goaltender in the league. That's up for debate. On top of some pretty good defensive pairings, Victor Hedman. Talk about number one defenseman. My God, um, they got firepower. You know, they got your Stamkos's, your Braden Points, and uh, even um, I'm gonna say Killhorn. Yeah, yeah, Killhorn. Killhorn's still there. Yeah. Um, and then now the third line consists of um, it's like Patrick Maroon, uh, Corey Perry, and Russ Colton, who ha they've they haven't really been scoring yet but they've really been pressing, uh, pressuring. So if, if they get going, they're going to have three scoring lines again. They're going to be a handful. They're still very good. They just might not be the same, you know, dominant team that's an easy pick for the Stanley Cup, but they, um, they're still very, very good, and we're not playing good enough where I think that, we'll, well, we might be able to take them, uh, which means if we lose two and win one, this will be the one we win because it makes the least sense. <laughs> Kyle, you want to touch on the Tampa Bay game? Tampa is what they are, man. They're they're a good hockey club. They uh th they lack a little bit of depth compared to the Tampa teams of the past that we've watched. But uh this is still a dangerous hockey club. 
They still have fantastic goaltending. They still have good defense. And their top two lines are still deadly. Absolutely deadly. You do not want to see Tampa on the power play. Still. So, so that, it's a danger. It's a dangerous, a very dangerous matchup here. And if you come in slow, Tampa's going to steamroll you. Kyle's key to Thursday night: stay out of the box, please. And I, I think that's a good, a good key to have. If you could stay out of the box against Tampa, you should have a decent shot at at least uh, having a chance to win the game. It's not going to. I'm not going to guarantee a win for staying out of the box with an offense like that, especially the way the Flyers are playing. So. Let's look ahead even further to a game. I'm not afraid of the Bruins, guys. I don't I don't see this as a game where I'm like, oh my God, Chara and Bergeron. And I know they still have Marchand and, and Bergeron and, and Pasternak up there, but they don't look the same, at least to me, this year, the Bruins. Uh, Kyle, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, the Bruins remind me a lot of the, the transition from last year's Tampa Bay to this year's Tampa Bay. Um, they seem to be lacking a bit of depth. Okay. Um, they're uh, Boston's defense is overachieving at this point. Um, I didn't expect Boston's defense to come out and play as well as Boston's defense has played so far this season. Um, is Rask back? No. Then goaltending is absolutely still a gigantic question mark for Boston. Um, if you're going to beat Boston, you're going to beat their goalies hands down. Um, their forward top heavy lineup again, same as Tampa, very top heavy. Their top two lines dangerous. Their third and fourth. Not so much. Not really worried about them. Scott, like- again, though, you got to stay out of the box with Boston. Yeah. That, that freaking perfection line. That's their power play. You got to stay out of the box. <laughs> Boston and Tampa each have something the Flyers do not, and that is marquee offensive talent. So, yes, great point again. Stay out of the box. Jack, your thoughts on the upcoming game against the Boston Bruins? I think it's this weekend, November 20th. Yeah, Saturday. It is Saturday. Yeah, I'm not as afraid, like you said, Jim, either. And I think the goaltending was a good point. Rask used to just absolutely shut us down. Swayman, I believe, does have a future in the NHL, but Flyers – it's a different game right now until he figures things out. So I, um, I, all three of these games, he, he, they have marquee scoring and that's going to be what I think could be the difference. I could easily see them going zero and three if they get off to a bad start, because you know, if these players and these, these marquee players only need to get one or two goals by Philly to score because we can't score or to win rather, because we can't score, that's going to be a major problem. Hart could again, stand on his head, Jones, for that matter, and you could still lose a two, two to one game. Boston, we handled them the first time. Do you really think CS scoring six goals again against Boston? No way. If they scored three or four, I think I'd be happy. You know, I just don't see it happening. So I, I think Boston knows that they uh, got a score to settle. That one's going to be tough. I could see an overtime loss in that one. Yeah, something I feel I need to point out because I just noticed. So after tonight, Tampa Bay's next game will be against the Flyers, which is Thursday. And the Boston Bruins' next game will be Saturday against the Flyers. So they'll both be coming have in a on... a week off. Yeah. They'll both be, you know, have a little bit of rest, you know, before they play Philly. Philly plays, obviously, tomorrow night, Tuesday. So they'll have a day off in between. Sometimes I feel like that might be better. This way you get in the rhythm of playing, you know, every other night type thing. 
it's the back to backs that I think throw things off. So, you know, uh, we'll talk we'll we'll talk about each game individually on post games this week. Um, but before we wrap up, guys, I want to hear what you know how you think this week's going to go uh, record wise, Jack. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go with um, oh two and one. Wow. I'm gonna okay. go with one one and one. Okay. Um, man, it is gonna be tough, isn't it? I'm gonna go and with. Where's the uh, confidence? It's tough, and where's the confidence? It's like, Hart's gonna have to steal your game again. Come on. Yeah, one. Uh, tough to um, tough to for the have for confidence. The, well, <laughs> you know, one, one, and one almost sounds like, yeah, it could, you know, because any game could be a win, tie, or a loss. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go two, oh, and one. How about, I'm going to go two and one, not two, oh, and one. Oh, okay. Two and one. They're like five lose out of six points. That's great. I'll take yeah. that all day long. <laughs> um, it is a home game. Let's take a quick look at how the Flyers have done at home. Uh, obviously, the 5 4 shootout loss to Vancouver, 6 1 against Seattle, 6 3 against Boston, and the 2 to 4 loss against Florida. Seems like decades ago, those games. Uh, 3-0 win against Arizona and a 3-0 loss against Toronto. So nothing really inspiring about the record or those games because they've kind of gone back and forth. I'm going to go 2-1, and one, yeah. Um, hoping that they start out on the right foot tomorrow because if they lose tomorrow night, they're already in a hole. I want one for the week with Tampa Bay and Boston staring you in the face. I'm going, I'm going for a win tomorrow night. And... Uh, Maybe they drop the game versus Tampa. That's that's the coin flip game for me, and they ended strong with with Boston. Hopefully, before they take a trip to Florida. Um, what do we leave out? Do we leave out anything, boys? For the oh, I'm sorry, we had a uh, two comments here. How dare I, Brandon Barringer? You guys rock. Thanks, Brent. Brandon. Uh, comment have not been following Lehigh Valley as much this season. I know defense has not been a massive concern. How long until we see a Cam York call up? Which one of you guys wants to take that one? Um, I haven't watched. I even paid for the package to watch the Phantoms. <laughs> I, I haven't watched a single game. <laughs> Classic. Um, not until somebody gets hurt. Um, I don't see Cam York coming up until uh, Justin Braun or um, uh, Keith Yandel or someone along those lines gets hurt. I think they know what they have in Sealer. Sealer is going to come up and fill uh, a stopgap role. There's no need to rush Cam York yet because defense isn't playing horribly. Um, so, uh, again, I'll reiterate my point. And not until somebody gets hurt. Uh, and it's a necessity. The Phantoms have only recently started playing better as a team. Um, if you're bringing in Cam York, you're focusing purely on offense. And he, in 13 games, he has one goal and three assists for four points. So it's nothing at all to write home about. There's better off just letting him stay. If anything, you'll see a bigger guy as a mullet. Well, not so, yeah, maybe. I don't even know how he's been, but maybe a Clendenning or one of those guys. And, again, that's only if there's injury. I can't see um, – there's no point in bringing him up now, especially in this – what's going on with the Flyers now. I don't want him to get any kind of – Losers mentality after this tough rest of the month they have really. Uh, this is a this is going to be big, but I don't see any call ups of that nature for a little, for a while. Whose spot do you think is going to be taken, Brandon? It's not not Justin Braun's, buddy. 
All right. Nah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see Cam York when we see Cam York. I'm not in a rush to see him. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure we'll have that conversation if things continue uh, down the road. Let's uh, wrap up. Did I already ask if there's anything else that we missed? Was that it? You did, and then you went to the comments. Okay. Yeah, we got all the comments. Uh, um, great. Everyone, thanks for hanging out once again. It's going to do it for the episode. Uh, next time you catch us live, it'll be for an HW postgame show. Tuesday night after the Flyers and Flames. So for Jack and Kyle, I'm Jim. Make sure you take your vitamins. Get some sleep. Drink some water. Carry one of those gallons of water. Get some water. Everyone's dehydrated. You don't know you're dehydrated. All right, so enjoy the rest of your night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow night. And uh, let's go Flyers.